News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. On the Mark is powered by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area at 221 North 36th Street, Quincy. Faith, family, and giving back. That's Cunis Country. And now, here's Mark Hespin. Good morning, Tri-States, and wherever you may be listening on the News Talk 1070 KHMO app. This is On the Mark. I am Mark Hespin, brought to you... By Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith, family, giving back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. Tell them Mark sent you. Welcome on in on this Saturday morning, June 25th, episode 141 of On the Mark. Thank you so much for uh, making me a part of your Saturday morning. You know, we are in a really fun, unique time in the sports calendar uh, we have Stanley Cup Finals going on. The Lightning survive. We'll, uh, we'll get to that. Uh, we have the NBA draft this past uh, Thursday. A lot of t- a lot of great storylines coming out of the NBA. Now we got a Kyrie Irving wish list. Uh, we have huge college recruiting news with Arch Manning. Uh, Brooks Kepka joining Live Golf. A ton to get to, and I will try to get to it all here. And uh, and even Gronk retiring. Some real strong thoughts on what it means for the Bucks and where the Bucks kind of fall in the hierarchy power rankings of the NFC right now. All right, we got to get to it all, and uh, we want to thank Cunis so much uh, for being the sponsor of the show. As always, uh, let's jump into it. Hespin headline number one. You know the drill, and we're talking about. The NBA. Hespin's headlines on the mark. All right. Hespin headline number one is the NBA draft gave us a blueprint forward for a couple young teams. I, I think there's a, a there's three teams that I think have a really nice blueprint they're putting together of trying to build something organically. Not the Philadelphia Sixers, the process. But I think there are three teams that have really kind of um, impressed me is is the word. I'm not blown away, but I'm impressed, I'm intrigued, and I'm really excited to see some of these young basketball teams start to come together. Let's start with the number one overall pick, Paolo Banchero out of Duke. He goes to Orlando. Now, uh, I think uh, this was the right pick for Orlando. I think Paolo fits exactly in that kind of small forward role that they need. Jonathan Isaac's bigger, more of a a, a power forward, a stretch four. Can you get him back healthy out of Florida State? Wendell Carter Jr., your five out of Duke, who is, you know, at this point of his career, you know, I certainly know Wendell well from being with the Bulls. Kind of know what he is. He's a double-double machine. Uh, he can uh, certainly step outside and hit some mid-range shots. Uh, he's long. He can defend the basket. But he doesn't need um, the ball in his hands by any way, shape, or form. And then, obviously, Jalen Suggs, you team him up with Paolo Benchero. That's a really nice core of young players uh, for the Orlando Magic to kind of build around and say, all right, here's this kind of, uh, of group that we have together that – you know, everyone's looking at what Cleveland has done and how quickly they've been able to put together a couple good guards. And then you add Evan Mobley, the big guy, and all of a sudden 
things just click. I think that could be Orlando. You know, Orlando is one of those franchises that I, I think they have a strong fan base. They have good brand recognition. They're not the Kings by any way, shape, or form. And they're certainly not like the Oklahoma City Thunder either. I think Orlando, you know, they have some history with Shaq, uh, you know, T-Mac. I think, that you know, Dwight Howard, they had that run. I think they have some history. They have some uh Benefits being in Florida, and I think they have, again, a, a solid fan base. I just think it's one of those teams, this franchises, that hasn't been able to kind of consistently put it together, and they feel like they're always rebuilding. But I do feel like Paolo is that right piece for them. I think Suggs, Banchero, Isaacs, you know, with Wendell Carter Jr., that's a really interesting young core for a team. And the East is very tough right now. The Easter Conference is, is really brutal. Uh, but it's a really nice young core that, you know, hey, if you can uh, put together a run and not be dreadful and let this kind of group grow together, uh, I certainly like them more than I like a, a number of other teams, you know, that maybe are better and could win more games next year. But as far as their future goes, I think it was the right pick for uh, Orlando. That brings me to the other team that I really like what they've done in a quick rebuild. And they were involved with a big trade. Uh, over uh, this past week leading up to the draft, and that's the Detroit Pistons. First off, A, I think they got really lucky that Ivy out of Purdue fell to them. Jay Ivy out of Purdue, the point guard, um, he, to me, is really uh, more of a combo shooting guard, a scoring guard. Uh, him and Cade Cunningham now with uh, with Detroit, I think it's a really fascinating, fascinating backcourt. I think they are a, a backcourt that... Um, can score. I think they're gritty. I think they're tough. And Cade Cunningham is obviously very long. I, he had a very nice rookie season. Ivy falling to them. I think he's you know maybe the best pure just scorer in this um, uh, that was in this draft. Is a guy who I think translates immediately to the NBA as like as a guy who can score. Uh, with Sadiq Bay, the small forward, Marvin Bagley. Obviously, remember they got him over from uh, from the Kings. And then you know what? You get some. You get some. Uh, some space cleared up. You get some picks back from uh, the Jeremy Grant trade. And Jeremy Grant gets to go, we'll talk about that here in a little bit, uh, to a, a more of a win-now situation with an absolute superstar in Dame Lillard. So I, I don't think he can be too upset about that process. But you start to look at you say, hey, two teams that were the bottom of the Eastern Conference right now, they have some really solid cores going. Cade Cunningham with the number one overall pick last year. You add Jay Nivey, who I think... Um, is maybe the most ready to play in the NBA, just go out and get a bucket-type guy uh, in this draft. Sadiq Bey, Marvin Bagley uh, third, and all of a sudden, I really like Detroit's young roster and what they can build together. Uh, so kudos to the Detroit Pistons and obviously getting a little lucky that Jay Nivey falls to them. And finally, Chet Holmgren and Oklahoma City. Listen, Oklahoma City is a... They're in a tough spot. They have Denver, Minnesota, Utah, and Portland in their division, all better than them, all more built to win right now than them. But, again, they have decided we're going to go all in on a, a solid rebuild. And and teams like Detroit, Orlando, and, and Oklahoma City, they are not the Knicks or the Bulls where – 
Yeah, they maybe haven't won as much as you'd like, or even maybe the Wizards you could throw into that because it's a bigger market in Washington, D.C., um, where it's like, but no, you know what? They're just expected to win because they're in the big markets. They're in smaller markets. They're in markets where you can't necessarily attract the free agents. You have got to build through the draft, and you've got to find your core through the draft. So for them, now having... Um, uh, Shea Gildress Alexander, obviously they, you know, they kind of found a diamond in the rough uh, last year with um, uh, Giddy uh, out of out of Australia, the shooting guard, you know, six eight, big long shooting guard, and Josh Giddy, and now adding Chet Holmgren. They're long. They can shoot. Chet Holmgren, I don't think he has the pressure because he's not, he didn't go number one overall to just come into the NBA and dominate right away. I think he's a, a a real project, and I think he could be special depending on how Oklahoma City builds up his body and builds the team around him. I, you know, it's very interesting. I, I think that Oklahoma City Thunder are still two to three years away from winning, but their core is now coming and taking shape, and they're going to be interesting and fun to watch. And again, I think these three teams all are rebuilding in the right way. Hey, go out and get a Marvin uh, a Marvin Bagley the third. Go out and then, you know, if you're, um, uh, if you're Orlando, get a Wendell Carter Jr., guys who were high picks but have kind of underperformed. And then you put those pieces together with your own draft picks. And Suggs was a hit last year. Giddy was a nice surprise for Oklahoma City, uh, the Thunder. And then, uh, and then you say, all right, we, we, you know, if you're Detroit, Kate Cunningham was a, was a great number one overall pick. He had a nice rookie season, went healthy. You pair him with a Jay Nive, you get a little lucky that he falls. And, and all of a sudden, these are three teams that are still probably not going to be winning a ton of basketball next year, but their futures to me seem really interesting, really bright, Re- and built the right way for the markets they're in, because that's such a part of it. You've got to be able to understand your market and what your market will allow you to do. You're not going to go big game hunting. Kyrie Irving, you're never going to end up on the Kyrie Irving wish list. So you either got to go shock people and give up a ton to trade for a star like that and then hope you can keep them and keep them happy or do what these three teams are showing you you're doing and which I think uh, Utah did a good job of doing and these other kind of small markets following the lead of them. Cleveland, hey, if you build the right pieces and you find the right you know pieces in the draft, all of a sudden – you become a more attractive destination. You don't think Cleveland's now a more attractive destination for some of the other bigger stars? They're like, man, they really got a great young team they're putting together. And so I, I give them credit for being able to do it. I do want to switch gears here now in Hespin headline number one and stick with the NBA in a larger facet. Um, part of the other uh, fun thing about draft week is you get a ton of talk about who's unhappy, possible trades, possible max deals, guys who may or may not sign and take uh, the max out. You know, you have teams like, you have storylines like John Wall, and uh, he opts into his 40-something million dollar contract with Houston, and the Rockets don't want to play John Wall. If you're the Rockets, I think you try to buy out John Wall, and if you're John Wall, I think there's a ton of places that you could be a nice fit for if you're John Wall. 
uh, and if you're 100% healthy. I think the Lakers would be one of them. So getting a lot of these interesting storylines. Of course, Jeremy Grant goes to Portland, gets traded. I think it's a really nice move for Portland. Uh, I think he is a all-star in the East. He's not really an all-star in the West, uh, but he's a really, really solid player. He's not going to demand a lot. He's not a demand-the-ball type of guy. And I think he fits well with Nurkic and Dame and what they're trying to build in Portland around Dame. He's a really great fit uh, for that roster. So I think that was a smart move. And then, of course, if you are uh, the, the Brooklyn Nets, you're kind of up in the air, right? And I think the biggest part of this storyline for the Brooklyn Nets is obviously Kyrie Irving can decide a lot what happens because if he opts out, which if I'm Kyrie's agent, I know $36.4 million is a lot to opt out of, but Kyrie's made a ton of money. And Kyrie, unlike James Harden, the John Walls and the Russell Westbrooks, Harden, Westbrook, and Wall all have to opt into their $40 million-plus deals because they are not getting anywhere close to the open market. Kyrie Irving can get a really, really nice deal on the open market. I think he's absolutely, if you don't have to trade for Kyrie Irving and you can just go sign Kyrie Irving to a deal, Kyrie Irving can still demand a lot of money on the open market. And I think all of the teams on Kyrie's wish list uh, which was the Lakers, the Clippers, the Knicks, the Heat, the uh, the Mavericks, and the Sixers are all interesting fits. I think Kyrie with LeBron back in the Lakers is a great fit, great storyline. I think he's a really great fit in uh, L.A. with the Clippers. Paul George and, uh, and Kawhi Leonard could use a really great ball handler, someone who could just get a bucket, and someone who can distribute the ball to them as well. Uh, I think that's a really unique big three out there in uh, in L.A. with the Clippers. I think the Knicks make some sense. He can dominate the ball and take a lot of pressure off of R.J. Barrett. Uh, I take a ton of pressure um, off of, uh, now his name is, is slipping my mind, but I think it's an interesting fit. Julius Randle, there it is, came back. Uh, and so I think there's pieces around there that he likes. I don't know if he'd like working with Tibbs. Uh, I don't think the Heat. I think the Heat is the one place he doesn't really work. I don't think him and Jimmy Butler would get along well. I know they have fre- their friends, but there's a difference between a friendship and a, and a relationship on the court. And I think Kyrie should learn that from what his experience with Kevin Durant has been so far. I think Kyrie staying in Brooklyn with the Nets and, and re-signing it up is also a, a real plausible thing. And I think him and Kevin Durant having a chance to just be healthy and see how this works and what else they could build around him is still interesting. I think he works in Dallas a ton. I think Luca would love to have him. I think if you could say that you get a chance to, you know, Kyrie Irving, not a lot of defense will be played in, in Dallas, but he takes a ton of ball pressure off of Luca. It brings Luca's usage rate. It could bring Luca's usage rate down a massive amount and saving Luca. I think it would be a really interesting fit. I just don't know if Luca wants that type of player with Kyrie Irving because also Luca is best with the ball in his hands. But it's an interesting fit. And then the 76ers, yeah, absolutely. Him, James Harden, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, uh, you know, it's a it's an absolute disaster waiting to happen. And I would tune in for as many games as I could. 
So we'll have to see. And I, and I do think there's enough turmoil right now in Brooklyn where NBA teams should all be making Hail Mary offers for Kevin Durant right now. You absolutely have to. And you have to see what Kevin Durant would be willing to, where he'd be willing to go and have those conversations if you're Brooklyn. And if, you're, if your teams make Hail Mary offers, make some real Hail Mary offers. It'd be interesting. You know, we're in that unique period now with the NBA uh, uh, and that we're going to see a ton of this stuff. You know, obviously now Kemba Walker's looking to get bought out from Detroit. John Wall, there's going to be players available. You have Bradley Beal saying he's unhappy. The market for Bradley Beal is huge. Uh, and then you have a lot of guys like the Zach Levines who now it's coming out. The Bulls have said they're going to be uh, signing Zach Levine. I still think Rudy Gobert, his name is going to be thrown around big time in the trade market. Um it's a fun time in the NBA, and we'll keep our eyes on everything. Uh, and right now, I do think if you are an NBA team, start making pitches for Kyrie and start making pitches for Kevin Durant. Because I think there's vulnerability there, and I think there's the opportunity, if the right deal comes along, to break them up and to uh, to get a Kevin Durant on your team is something you always have to, if you're an NBA franchise, be looking to do. For Kyrie Irving, it's got to be the right fit. I think his wish list, there's some interesting stuff there. I think the Knicks, the Clippers, and the Sixers, if I was Kyrie, would be the most attractive opportunities. The Knicks, who could be your own guy, you're the alpha. Uh, you help R.J. Barrett, I think, a ton by taking the ball out of his tan- hands and Julius Randle. And I think those two guys would play well off of him. I think that's kind of, a, you might be the best basketball fit for him, and he doesn't have to leave the city of New York. Uh, but I do think as far as if he wants to win, I I think the Clippers, him with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, I think those are three really interesting superstars that would be a really weird but fascinating fit as far as a big three goes. I think it could be really, really fun to watch. So um, we'll keep our eye on it. And when uh, when and if news breaks, we will break it all down. All right, when we come back, Hespin headline number two, Gronk has retired. Is he officially done? My thoughts on that. What it means for Tom Brady. And where are the Bucks in the hierarchy of the NFC as we sit here at the end of June? We're live and local in America's News Talk 1070 KHMO on the KHMO app. It's on the mark. 1070 KHMO. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO on the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith, family, giving back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. Tell them Mark sent you. Ask them about that complimentary lifetime powertrain warranty. They call it the no fear warranty, powertrain warranty on new and used vehicles. Really special what they're doing over at Cunis Honda Hyundai. All right, so Rob Gronkowski has officially retired. And um, again, uh, for the second time. Now, you know, I, 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 I hesitate because... Rob Gronkowski retiring, my my brain immediately went to a couple different thoughts, right? First off, A, he's an all-time great. I think he is, in my opinion, the second greatest tight end uh, of all time. I don't think you can really... I, I, Tony Gonzalez, I think, is the poster child for like what the modern tight end is and the transition and the longevity and the stats and the matchup nightmare he was. I have a hard time putting anyone above Tony Gonzalez, 
But Gronk is maybe the one you could argue deserves to be in that one-two conversation with him. Uh, he doesn't have the stats, but Gronk, Gronk's like a Tony Baselli, right? Or a, or a Gale Sayers, even though he doesn't have the, lo- the larger stats. His peak was so high for such a, uh, even, even though it was a small amount of time, it's hard to deny what you see with your eyes when you watched Gronk play at his peak, especially. Um, obviously, the thoughts are Gronk, he has possibility to join Fox. He's got a ton of other avenues to make money. He, you know, even though he appears as just big, dumb football player, he's kind of really smart, savvy guy in understanding his brand. And also, on the other point, it's a lot of, I think Gronk's just retiring because he doesn't want to go through all the training camp, the OTAs. And then he will unretire and re-sign with Tampa Bay sometime around week seven, eight, nine, and help them on their final stretch push uh, for a playoff Super Bowl run. It's a possibility. Now, if Gronk didn't do that and he was really done done, I, it wouldn't shock me either because I think Gronk's the type of guy that knows he could just have not retired and Tampa would have gone very easy on him through the OTAs, through the training camp, and he could have taken all the veteran time he needed. Um, but maybe he really just knows my body has an eight-week spurt left at the end of the season. And if I can, and I can't go a whole season, so maybe that's part of it. And and in order to do that, you have to officially retire or whatever that may be. And so he retire, unretire, he's going to play that game. And I think Tampa's comfortable with him doing that because they have Tom. Now, what it means for Tom, I think, in the short term is that obviously it's going to make this training camp a little bit more important for Tom. There are some new faces there are some obviously new coaching staff, you know, in in place. A lot of the same, uh, you know, ninety five percent the same. But there's some new pieces, and I think Tom, because he's playing, is always serious about winning. And so I do think that it'll be a, a little heightened extra intensity into this training camp and OTAs and everything that as Tampa starts up, uh, because Tom has that standard and doesn't have the absolute best security blanket of all time for his career in Gronk available and in camp to help other guys understand how to work with Tom and what Tom wants. Now, that being said, I do believe this is the final year for Tom. I do believe even if Gronk comes back, it is this is the final run for them uh, if he does or doesn't come back. And I do think Tom would only be playing and is only going to play this year because he does think that the Bucks have a legitimate chance. And I think they absolutely are in that Super Bowl conversation. Not because I think the Bucks are actually one of the five best teams in the NFL. I don't. I, I think they're just outside that. But they are the second best team in the NFC, and I don't think it's that close. Rams, they're not really close to the Rams right now. I think Rams have a nice space as the number one team in the NFC, a top five team in the NFL, and then there's a space between them and the Bucs. I don't think the Bucs are a top five team in the NFL. But the Bucs have such a space, I think, between them and three, and certainly them in four, five, six, seven, eight, you know, in the NFC, that 
Brady understands the game and how it's played. There were plenty of years where his Patriots team maybe weren't a top five overall team talent-wise, but they were top two in the AFC or top three in the AFC, and he felt good enough that, you know, you got to get, you know, things are going to have to break your way in the playoffs. Can you get a bye? I certainly think Tampa can get a bye as one of the top two teams in the NFC. Certainly think that they will have the advantage of not having to, you know, um, travel. And then, you know, you never know what happens with injuries and, and things happen through a long season. So I think Tom knows all that and understands it. But I do think that the Bucks are clearly the second best team in the NFC. They There's space between them and the Rams. The Rams are deservedly the number one team in the NFC as of this morning, in my opinion, late June in, uh, uh, you know, we're in the summer before the season's even started. But then what else? I mean, how, how do you, you can't really make an argument, in my opinion, that the Bucs aren't the second best team in the NFC. I mean, they're better than the Packers. We know that the Packers, I think, should be the, considered the third best team in the NFC. And that is a lot of just Aaron Rodgers love. I mean, I'm the, I'm the number one Aaron, I'm one of the number one Aaron critics you're going to find. I have a ton of disdain for the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, but you got to put that aside and say, Look around the NFC. Aaron, Rod- the Packers deserve to be the third best team going into the as right now going into the season in the NFC, and they're not close to Tampa. They, I mean, they lost Devontae Adams. They have new pieces. You know, Aaron Rodgers is uh, is working with a ton of new pieces, and I think that uh, they will not be as good as they were last year. So, you know, beyond that. What is it? You know, I, I don't even know who the fourth best team is. Is it Cardinals? Is it the Niners? Is it the Cowboys? I mean, I get one of those teams has got to be it, right? Maybe it's the Eagles. I think the Eagles are improved. But, you know, the NFC North and the NFC South are so weak beyond Tampa and Green Bay that it makes all the sense in the world if you're Tom to feel comfortable about this run, whether you have Gronk or not. Because all you really got to do is find a way to get past the Rams, and you're in the Super Bowl. And Tom knows better than anyone, once you get to the Super Bowl, it is fair game. I mean, it is to each their own. You you know, it's anything can happen. You know what I mean? He threw for 500 yards in the Super Bowl and lost. I mean, he and he and then in another Super Bowl, he only scored 10 points and won. So, or you know, 13, whatever it was in that Rams Super Bowl. So, Tom knows the the game is: can I get a bye, and can I get to the Super Bowl? And absolutely, the Bucks, regardless of Gronk being there or not, have that window open. The Bucks have the window of. A buy is available if if they could stay healthy and earn it, and and they and they uh, certainly then once once you get that buy and once you feel confident about that, a, the Super Bowl a Super Bowl run is absolutely plausible for the Bucks whether they have Gronk or not, and that, and and honestly that's because the AFC is so weak. Now if you're saying to yourself, Mark, okay, the Rams are a top five team, so you're saying the other top four teams. In the NFL are AFC teams, and I would say absolutely. Absolutely. I would put the Chiefs ahead of the Bucks. I would put the Broncos ahead of the Bucks. I would put the Bills ahead of the Bucks. And I would probably 
I mean, I, I'd argue, I'd argue that the Chargers, Bengals, Ravens are all right there as well. You know, maybe the maybe the Bucks are five at that point, just on the outside. As I'm, you know, I'm uh, just looking at this. I, I, Chiefs, Bills, Rams, Broncos. I would put ahead of the Bucks this morning. And and then I think there's an argument to be made that Baltimore, Cincy, and the Chargers all have a have a right to argue that roster wise. I mean, obviously it's Tom Brady, and they have Tom Brady, and Tom Brady counts for a lot. But roster wise, they're right there with Tampa. But Tampa again, Tampa. I know the losing Gronk is not ideal, but Tampa's window is still open. It's still open, and that is only because of Tom Brady and how really weak the rest of the NFC is. I mean, they should have no problems winning their division at all, at all. And in the NFC East, I think the the football team. The Commanders and the Giants are a mess. I think the Eagles and Cowboys are about equal, but they're not Super Bowl contenders. The Vikings, the Bears, and the Lions are a mess. And then San Francisco has an incredible roster, but who the heck's going to be their quarterback? And do I trust Arizona? I don't. I mean, they're going to be good. They're going to win a lot of games. But do I trust them in crunch time and Kyla Murray and the drama around them? I, I just don't. They're giving me no uh, reason to trust them. Uh, so, yes, Gronk is retired. But I, I don't think Bucks fans should panic. I absolutely think the Bucks Super Bowl window is still very wide open. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO on the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. When we come back, we're going to switch our focus to the collegiate ranks, well, really to recruiting in the collegiate ranks, Arch Manning is going to Texas. My thoughts next. We're live and local. It's on the mark. News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Take us anywhere. Hometown News Talk 1070 KHMO and the free KHMO mobile app for your smartphone. Every two minutes, a child becomes a victim of sex trafficking in the U.S. It's happening right now. Don't change the channel. Don't cover your kids' ears, no matter how much you want to ignore it. Child trafficking is real. In fact, it's happening in your town. And you know what our greatest weapon against child trafficking is? It's our children. It's time to act with PACT. That's Partners Against Child Trafficking. PACT works to teach students to identify the warning signs of child trafficking so they can help other vulnerable kids around them. PAC student ambassadors receive in-depth training on the issue and design a project to raise awareness, reduce victimization, and disrupt demand. Any student around the world can sign up for PAC's online training program and learn how to stop child trafficking. Go to PAC.city to sign up for the one-hour course today. With PACT, we declare not one more victim. Did you know that most adults with autism are unemployed and a major hurdle is the lack of job opportunities? Well, that's about to change thanks to a new initiative from Autism Speaks. Lee Container, the Jay Donald and Laurel Lee Family Foundation Fund and Delivering Jobs that seeks to create a more inclusive workforce in the U.S. Lee Container is a family-owned business that has found success by staying true to the golden rule. Treat others as you would want to be treated. There are hundreds of thousands of people with 
with autism and people with intellectual or developmental differences who are ready and willing to work in our communities. Our coalition is committed to hiring an inclusive workforce, providing training for hiring professionals, and providing guidelines for all employees. Together, we can create a workforce where people of all abilities can contribute and thrive. Will you join us? We are inviting other businesses, institutions, and community leaders to join in. To learn more, please visit autismspeaks.org slash employment. I'm Dr. Michael Norm with the African American Wellness Project. Since the COVID-19 pandemic began, many children have not been seeing their doctors on a regular basis to check on things like nutrition and growth, to get regular vaccinations, and to check on mental health issues since they've not been in a regular schoolroom or around friends or family for over a year. This is especially true for underserved communities. See what your child might need, visit our website at aawellnessproject.org. Technology forecast from the News Talk 1070 KHMO Weather Center. Slight chance for scattered storms today, otherwise partly cloudy skies. Daytime highs approaching 95, south winds 8 to 15 miles per hour. 69 tonight, chance for scattered storms. 80 tomorrow, chance for scattered thunderstorms. Right now, 77. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. Uh, not only are they your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, but they have access to the Cunis network of dealers. So you're thinking, oh, well, I'm not really interested in maybe a Honda or Hyundai. Don't worry about that. Do what I did. Shop online with them. Go into the store, and they can get you anything from their Cunis network of dealers and still get you the best pricing, the best financing, the best service, all the above. My vehicle that I got from Cunis is not a Honda or Hyundai. It's a truck I saw that was at their Monmouth location. They had it down for me a day later. Test drive it was out of the dealership in an hour. It, it really is special what Cunis does with their network of dealers. Tell them Mark sent you, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. All right. Arch Manning, son of Cooper, nephew of Peyton and Eli, grandson of Archie. He has chosen Texas. Horns up. Hook him. Over Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, Ole Miss. He could have gone anywhere. He could have gone anywhere. Um, I, I, there, my initial thoughts are, this is awesome for Texas. Texas needed something like this. Texas football is an institution Texas football has been down for too long. And I think there's a couple factors to this. How does Arch Manning end up in Texas? Number one, the city of Austin and the organization, the NIL, and, and everything around Texas football is, is so impressive. It is a well-oiled machine. And also, I think this is a, a vote of confidence from the Manning family. Now, listen, uh, let me finish that thought. It's a vote of confidence to the Manning family in Steve Sarkeesian, the head coach of Texas. So listen up. I firmly believe that Archie, Cooper, Peyton, and Eli all said to Arch, this is your decision and your decision to make. But we will answer any questions and give you our thoughts if you want it. I'm sure that he had conversations with all of them. And I guarantee you 
that they Peyton and Eli and Cooper and they were they were able to call on Saban, Kiffin, Sarkeesian, whoever, whenever they wanted Kirby Smart, and they had about uh, open lines communication. And I believe it's a vote of confidence in Steve Car Sarkeesian, excuse me, the head coach of Texas. I have a feeling that the Manning family told Arch and gave him the best reviews. Like, if you want to get prepared for the NFL, this is probably the best guy to do it. And not only is you have that, but you have Texas, which is joining the SEC. So their recruiting is going to go up. They can spend more on NIL than, yes, even the Alabamas and the Georgias because of Austin and the, and the alumni network and the oil money in Texas. They got the money. Just look at Texas A&M. You think Texas A&M spent a lot of money? Wait till Texas. They can outspend anyone. Maybe not USC, but close. They're, they're right there. And he gets to carve his own legacy, and I think that's really important. Uh, you know, as much as Tennessee and Ole Miss fans, they wanted that, you know, hey, the legacy. I think the reason why Te- Peyton went to Tennessee was he wanted to carve his own legacy. And I think that Eli going to Ole Miss um, was part of, hey, I want to build on the family legacy. And I think Arch is following his uncle and saying, I want to, I want to take my own path on this. And I think Texas is the perfect spot for him to do it. Uh, I, and so now let's start thinking about if you're Arch Manning. Again, he's got one more. He's got a senior year of high school ahead of him. So he's got all this year to play high school football. And then he'll, you know, in the spring of 2023, he'll get on the campus at the University of Texas. So if you're Arch Manning, what needs to go right for you to now pop? Well, first and foremost, recruiting's got to amp up. They got to start poaching some people, player, poor, uh, you know, uh, transfer portal. And the University of Texas got to go get some stud wide receivers, some stud offensive linemen. And uh, and some some running backs to just load around him. So they got to ramp up recruiting. That's important. But also, I personally think that Quinn Ewers, who is the kid who transferred from Ohio State to Texas, him having a big year this year and winning the job at Texas would be really important. I think really important because if he pops as a really big year. Then it guarantees him to start the next year, Arch's rookie year. And then by that time, Quinn would have two years of college under his belt. He could either transfer or enter the NFL draft. And I think that's huge. So Arch Manning, the best possible path for success for him, I think, is the recruiting class now spikes over the next 24 months because of him going there and the, and the, and the, build around Sarkeesian and the confidence that Texas is back and the money in the NIL. Quinn Ewers popping this year and having a really good year and then starting next year, Arch's freshman year, and having a great year. And then Quinn moving on to the draft or transfer portal, Arch starting as a sophomore at the University of Texas for probably then one final year in the Big 12, and then Arch gets a year in the SEC to prove himself against SEC, and then Arch gets a chance to be drafted number one overall in the NFL draft. Like That is the path that we're on here, and I think that's the best win-win path for Arch Manning. 
Can't wait to see it. I'm very excited for uh, for Arch. I'm going to be a huge fan. Texas is, uh, I, besides NIU, my favorite college football program. My mom went to the University of Texas. Uh, we, me and my little brother grow up, grew up Longhorns fans in Chicagoland. So I, it's a huge get for Texas. I was out of left field. I did not expect it at all. Didn't really think Texas was in the running, to be honest with you. But it makes sense. I think there's a belief in Steve Sarkeesian and the ability to get him ready. I think he has the way he has the ability to carve his own path. I think the NIL deals are going to be huge for him in Austin. And I also think he can hide a little in Austin. It's a big city. It's not just Tuscaloosa or College Station. You know, uh, it, it is. He has. A, it's a big, big million uh, person city. It's got tech. It's got Elon Musk. It's got Joe Rogan. He can hide in Austin a little bit. And I think there is a quarterback in Quinn Ewers who can start. Not all the pressure to start as a freshman. And he'll have a chance in the Big 12 before moving to SEC. So he'll get that, you know, hey, I've proved myself on an SEC schedule and he won't be playing in the SEC until Texas is recruiting is closed the gap to those SEC powerhouses. And then all of a sudden, you know, if you're Arch Manning, you can say, "Hey, I'm going into a gunfight with a gun, and not a gunfight with a with the Texas recruiting class the past couple of years, which would be like a feather." Uh, you're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Follow me on Twitter, on Instagram at Mark Hespin, broadcasting live from our Kika, our uh, KHMO studio, excuse me, uh, here in Quincy. When we come back, three stories to wrap up the show in the last couple minutes. We're live and local. It's on the Mark on News Talk 1070 KHMO. Another asthma attack. She's really sad to miss school again. Asthma can be triggered by allergens from common pests. <laughs> I just can't shake this fever. Mosquito bites can cause West Nile and Zika virus infections. Sorry, boss. I'm going to be out of work for a while. The CDC estimates that more than 300,000 Lyme disease cases spread by ticks occur in the U.S. each year. Don't let pests force you to take a sick day. Learn how to protect your family at pestworld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association and the CDC. KHMO and the KHMO mobile app. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith, family, giving back. Tell them Mark sent you. Ask him about that no-fear complimentary powertrain warranty on new and used vehicles. All right, to wrap up the show, let's start with Brooks Kepka headed to the Live Tour. You know, disappointed, obviously. I'm a huge Brooks Kepka guy. You know that from listening to the show. Um, I thought that Brooks, uh, unlike DJ, was still really chasing the idea of kind of the greatness of his career. But I think Brooks is a guy, and modern golf seems to be heading this way, where it's the money is in the majors, and it's majors or bust. And, and, and otherwise, it's... The idea of the grind of the tour is just not something that is appealing to golfers anymore. And part of it is the money's just so big. You know, it used to be you had to win a couple tournaments a year just to be able to pay the bills and live the life as a golfer. Now you win one, you win a Travelers or something. And it's like, all right, I'm set for the year. And gosh, if you win a major with your sponsors, with everything, you're set for a long time. And I think. You know, Brooks looks at the money uh, that the live is going to guarantee him, and he says, all right, I can get guaranteed this. 
I can keep my body a little fresher and I can still compete in most, if not all, the majors. You know, it, it's tough. I, it's hard to be and it's hard to be angry with the golfer. It really is. I, you know, again, I go back to the fact that if you're really devastated by what's happened to the PGA Tour, the PGA Tour is slightly to blame, but I also think the fact that Live Golf is able to make its presence felt in uh, civilized countries, you know, it's just the world we live in. And it's uh, it's tough. I you know I I you know me. I watch every major because the majors are fascinating. I don't watch a lot of other golf. I probably won't be watching any live golf. Got to be honest, unless it becomes eventually so big where it's like now live golf is considered a major event. But you know, I, as long as they're allowed to play in the majors, and I think Brooks will be. It, it's it seems like it's all it's important to him. Um. Lightning, they survive game five in Colorado. You got a controversial tripping call. Game six in Tampa uh, on Sunday night. You know what? I, I feel now this thing's going back to Colorado. I, you know, the Lightning are, if the Lightning are able to come back from 3-1 to win their third cup in a row, it's the Stamkos, they, they, that, that team is just... It's special. It's it's special. It's been such a fun series. There's been controversy. There's been blowouts. There's been close games. There's been, um, you know, goals that get stuck in nets and people don't even think that, that, that the game's over. Really excited for Sunday night to uh, watch game six. I'll take the lightning to push it to a game seven uh, back in Colorado. And who knows? Game sevens are wild. And I they, it certainly would be. In uh, in this playoff, in, in in this Stanley Cup final for sure. Finally, listen, Aaron Judge and the Yankees. We haven't talked a ton of baseball because we're in those dog days of baseball, and we was, we'll talk a lot more as, as the you know we get through in, in, in mid end of July, August, where the races are really heating up post All Star break, post trade deadline. But Aaron Judge is able to get a deal done, one year, nineteen million. It gets him through the World Series. If you're the Yankees right now, it's I'm worried about the bad karma of not getting a long-term deal done with Judge. I think Aaron Judge, I mean Aaron Judge is having them. He's an MVP candidate right now. He may be the MVP. 27 homers. The Yankees are blowing everyone out of the water. They're on historic pace and I think he is such a Yankees player. You know, the Yankees a little bit like the Lakers, you you kind of get paralyzed by the fact that you have to live up to your brand. Letting an Aaron Judge walk away would not be good for the Yankees brand. I got to be honest. A shout out to Anthony Rizzo, by the way. What a year Rizzo is having for the Yankees. So much of the Yankees' success this year, and they are terrific, is because Anthony Rizzo is having a monster year. And uh, so happy for him. He got, you know, he got paid, and he's in New York, and it's the first year of a three-year deal. Him, Judge, Stanton, you know, find it, find, you know, trying to stay healthy enough, fill into that DH role. Uh, the Yankees are rolling right now, and uh, you know, we really could be on our way to a Yankees Mets, Yankees Dodgers type of World Series, and the ratings for that would just be electric. Yankees Dodgers. Dodgers might be the only one who can who can consistently score with the Yankees right now. 
The Yankees are just murdering baseballs. Murdering baseballs. And Judge is a huge part of it. So happy that Judge didn't go into arbitration. He got a deal done. But I got to be honest, if you're a Yankees fan, you got to be a little nervous. I mean, you've got to lock Judge up. Judge Judge has got to be a Yankee. You can't you just can't let him go in free agency. It's just I just don't think that's good karma for your brand of the, you're the Yankees. You you know, he, this is a guy that yeah, he wants an 8-year deal. He's probably only going to be his prime for the next 4 years, but you're the Yankees. You eventually move him into your DH role. And, and, you know, Stanton in three to four years will be out of there. And you just move him into the DH role. All right. That's on the mark here on this June 25th. Enjoy Q-Fest in Quincy. I know a lot of people headed to the rally later today in in, Marion, in Adams County as well for former President Trump. Stay safe. It's going to be a hot one. I'm wearing my Cubs polo. Go Cubs, go. Upset the cards in St. Louis today, will you? On the mark. News Talk 1070.